Every negative belief weakens the partnership between mind and body. That is a quote from Deepak Chopra. The reason I wanted to focus on this was one word in particular. He mentions the partnership. And while most of us would of course recognize that the mind and body do work together, it wasn't until my conversation with Deb, today's guest, that I realized, oh, that's right. We hear a lot about fitness, physical fitness, and being really strong and healthy. And we certainly do hear a lot about mental and emotional wellness. But in Deb's experience and expertise, she helped me to realize that very often we look at them as separate entities rather than recognizing that they, of course, are interwoven. That, of course, one affects the other. It's probably going to be a lot easier for you to understand where she's coming from when you hear it from her. So enjoy my conversation with Deb Arthur. <laughs> I'm so happy to be able to meet you. In fact, I just met Deb, what's it been, three minutes ago. We have mutual friends and associates. And so Deb is here to talk about the way that she helps people. So let's start with that, Deb. Okay. Can you just talk a little bit about what you do and why you love doing it? So I love working with people and their bodies. It's interesting because my background is in fitness and health okay. and wellness. And I went to school for sport management and teaching and then sports psych at Springfield College. And so at that point in my life, I was kind of like, oh, so I did all this academic work what am I doing with all this? So I've got this physical stuff, this fitness, this wellness, this sports psychology, coaching. And now here I am, an energy healer. What, what am I doing here? And it didn't take me that long to say, this all goes together. I'm very much about getting people to trust their bodies again. Do you feel as though if there are issues that they're dealing with emotionally, that you can help, and, and they're being felt physically, that you can help on both levels. Absolutely, I, I, do, I do find that. What I find is when you come from the perspective of body and movement and um, finding what feels good in movement, especially when you've been in pain or you've been feeling locked up and learning how to, that you have different options for movement and finding release in that, that, that the emotional stuff comes up as well. Well, you know, what's so interesting though, I think we're understanding that more and more now, but it, it's almost like we think that we have to do mind body work in order to connect our mind and body, but our mind and body are already connected. Interesting. We're not always conscious. There's subconscious movement, there's subconscious thought. The body's always connected to the nervous system and the brain and the, of course. and vice versa. I, but isn't yeah, that, as you say it, that, I'm like, as you're saying that, I think, well, of course we are. <laughs> isn't it funny? But it's yeah. like, it, it's like you just go, why did we think that we had to connect this? It's already connected. Just like we have belief systems and perspectives that we get caught up in, we have movement patterns and ways of being in our body that we just see as normal. And until we understand that there's other options, the other options for how we look at ourselves, our body, how we feel we don't realize that we have a choice almost. Because Can you give me an example? So you're talking about movement, you're talking about physical 
the way we physically move in the world. Can you give me a basic example that our listeners would be able to relate to? When we talk about options for movement, a lot of that understanding I got by self-study of Moshe Feldenkrais. Have you ever heard of him? No. So Moshe Feldenkrais is an Israeli man, but he was probably the pioneer of brain plasticity. I mean, now where, where we, we can always, we can rewire ourselves yeah. at all times. Yeah. And continue to learn. And yeah. continue to learn. Exactly. Yeah. His whole perspective was we can find different options for how we move in the body. And he has a series of movements that he took, takes people through to teach people that there are other options for movement. You're playing with your nervous system. So if somebody has chronic back pain, there's a couple of things I do, like lower back pain, you know, and I know it's not a bulging disc. Like I know what's going on. They just have tight back. There's a series of Feldenkrais movements that I'll do with them. There's a, like a rocking motion that you do with your lower body. And then there's a rocking motion that you do with your upper body. And when you go back to the lower body, it's, it's easier to do. So, really? yeah. And people look at me like, what just happened? And it's not magic. It's the nervous system. It's saying to the body, you kept moving this way. I'm showing you another option. Look what happens. The body responds. Let's say somebody has an injury. They injure their knee. They'll, that will shift how they walk because yeah, you, that makes sense, right? So even Certainly. after your knee heals, though, you don't automatically go back to the correct way of walking. Right. Because so, now right. you have a new norm. Right. And you don't really realize it unless you pay attention. So, so there's a couple of things going on. We're talking about that release work, but we're also talking about how do you rewire yourself so that mm. you can move in a way that feels easier. There's a friend of mine, he had knee surgery. Mm -hmm. he's, he's in incredible shape. He's over retirement and he bikes and he does spinning and all of that, but you know, his knees just over time. Right. And he noticed that the most difficult thing during the recovery is that because of the time before the surgery that his body of course had compensated by trying to relieve the pain things had shifted and correcting that shift he said was really hard it is hard and this is a fit very strong man so it, that's what it made me think of as you were describing and, and how the body takes kind of takes over if you don't correct it well and it's the brain too because your brain i think of it you know, whenever we, when we walk, our brain just goes into this default of, I'm going to fire these motor neurons in this pattern because this is what we've decided we're doing, <laughs> right? So then when you, now when you have an injury, now there's a shifting and now your brain creates a new pattern. Now it heals. It, it doesn't know to go back. And what you have to do, which is really hard for people, is you have to slow down. You have to go slow and you have to be really in the muscles and you have to really in a slow way, figure out how you're moving and how you want to move. Because if you go too fast, you go into yeah. default. Okay. Does that make sense? So it does. I just think of the resistance you must face with people, just not even that they're being stubborn, but because we are in a society that's like, come on, I got to get it done. Got to get it done. Lots of, lots of that. It, it, it helps when this is going to sound terrible, but it helps when somebody comes to me in pain. They just want to feel better. And okay. when they do something and they're like, hey, that feels better, there's a motivation there to keep going. If somebody um, isn't feeling that way and they just want to get strong, and just because you're doing a movement that we think you're using those muscles in doesn't mean you're using them efficiently. 
healthy. So it takes so much humility to acknowledge that at the time. But as you're saying that, I'm just remembering I took it off, but I've been wearing this little brace because um, I thought I'm going to start tire flipping. You know, like <laughs> oh yeah. So it was great. You know, I'm tire flipping all over the yard and everything's fine. And I did it. I know that I did the right form as far as lift with your legs and right. with your back. And all that. But the just one of the flips as I went to like this, it bent back. Oh, ouch. And it was at the end of the whole session when I probably was just so full of myself. Well, you probably <laughs> you probably were tired too. And, yeah. and the yeah. other thing is then we stopped focusing on our form, correct, right? And, yes. And I call that... I call that athlete head where, 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 because <laughs> I, I was a, I used to train for a national team in rowing. I mean, I know what it means to like kick butt and not stop. And I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of times when people do a movement, they're going to go to the muscles that feel, so you might be using your hamstrings more than your gluteal muscle. So I'm really, I'm really like to do that, you know, oh, you have an injury, let's find options. But if you have an injury and it hasn't healed completely, right? You know, I work with people that, you know, they hurt their hip or their knee years ago and they're still having discomfort. And a lot of that's about how they're standing up, how they're walking. And so it's kind of, it's, again, it's a rewiring. You know, people have histories, right, of trauma, whether it's a trauma from an accident or a trauma from a, another person. Um, okay. and, uh, and I've worked with people in, bo in both types. And sometimes it's hard to go to certain places or it's hard to feel the feelings. But if we're working in the body and we're stretching and we're focused and a memory, sometimes memories come up, it's really about you're so tuned in to that part of your body. And maybe that's a part of a body where some of the trauma was or where you were holding on. But I love the depths of life. Um, I love holding space for people. And it makes me think of what you, you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, how journaling is even part of it, which I think mindfulness and journaling go together. But I don't know that most people would connect physical training, fitness training, and journaling other than maybe nutrition. And, you know, the logistics of it, going through the motions of it. Right. So how does journaling fit into that so, for your client? So when we're taking that time to be really mindful in our body and become really muscle aware, and I'm talking about our whole body, from the bottom of our feet through the top of our head, I'm talking about completely being, feeling like we're dropped down into our body and writing from that place Wow, is a different experience than when we're just in our head. Wow, that sounds like it would take um, takes time a, and a level of vulnerability. Yes, that it, that alone would take the time. It seems like not just the process of getting to that point, but to allowing yourself. Yeah, so not everybody's going to start there, and some mm -hmm. people won't even want to go there. Mm -hmm. And I never, I'm always about holding space for people. Um, I had a client who isn't isn't doing this journaling process. She's just trying to get strong again. And um, she has, without telling too much, she has a history where she had an injury and it, her back was always bothering her. So we were doing this gentle, I was helping her with some movements and some stretches and I was doing this gentle traction and getting her just to gently lift up her hip and go back. And I was pulling on her knee, just gentle. 
and I'm holding it there. And she goes, wow, something's releasing. And so I put her back down and she starts crying. It, it, it was awesome. It was wonderful. And it wasn't, we didn't, we weren't talking about anything. She just, it just came up for her and her back. I know this sounds kind of hocus pocus, but it's not her back didn't bother her anymore. So it's, yeah. if you think about the nervous system again, and our brain triggers motor neurons. And if you have an association with a part of your body and you're protecting that part of your body or you're tightening that part of your body, there's going to be a holding in there. And this was over a period of time. This doesn't just happen in one day. I have so many questions. <laughs> I do. Seriously. Um, so in a, in a society who thinks of fitness as getting maybe thinner, not skinny, but stronger. So push harder, push harder. And then you're suggesting gentle, controlled, slow movements. What's, is it hard for some people to wrap their mind around that? Yes. And so that, and some people aren't going to want to work with me for that reason, for sure. And that's okay. I, I, I'm not really, I've done the, I'm going to kick your butt. I mean, I've been a trainer for a long time and, and I have, and I do have clients who I push and they're losing weight and they're doing all that stuff too. But I always want to start, start people from that mindful place of what muscles are you in? So when you're doing these movements, you are totally in your body. I, you know, I know from being an athlete, I was not in my body all the time. You're, Isn't that ironic? You're, you're I think at, we would all think yeah. it's the opposite. Yeah. Well, you would think that, but in rowing, you leave because it hurts. So when you're racing and you're like getting ready to pump out that oar, you're like, you go, you go a little bit blank because it's a very cyclic motion, right? So you don't really have to keep thinking about it. You just go with the boat. So you learn to kind of separate. So that was part of my kind of continuum in this life is learning how to separate and then learn how to come back. I, I wonder if, um, have you ever heard of gateway writing? It's a method. Uh, I think I have actually. I, if it's not something you're super familiar with, I'm going to make a connection with you and a woman named Becky Karras. Oh, I, I know why I know it. Cause I read her stuff. I, I read from your, because it interested me in what she was doing. So I, I actually yeah. read the website. Yeah. Good. Um, it seems like the two of you together could help people, not even from opposite directions, but just offer the, the kind of the cocoon of safety, you know? Yeah. So as you're helping with the physical and the mental, she's also helping with the emotional and the mental and the right. intellectual, and, and she's just wonderful. I, I think what this all comes down to is holding space for people and letting them know that wherever they are, whatever fears they're feeling, whether it's in their body, in their heart, it's okay because we all feel them. You know, I always say, I don't want you to go hit anybody with a two by four, but it's okay to understand what your anger's about. But if yeah. we, if we keep taking those feelings and we say, okay, I feel angry, but I'm going to push it over there because I'm going to be a good girl and I'm going to, I'm going to be hum calm and that's going to keep hitting us back in the head. So we need to get it out. And that's where I like the journaling. It'd be interesting to see what they do in the gateway. Cause I didn't really look at the details, but. I would, I would be happy. I would love to connect the two of you. Yeah, it'd be fun even to talk. if you don't work together, I think you'd find it encouraging. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And I think that it's also really important that whatever we're teaching and whatever offering people, it's coming from an inner knowing. And it's not just these words that are being thrown around in our culture, because then there's a lack of authentic authenticity with it. 
and right. it, it cheapens it. I think it, too. it does it, cheapen it. It's just, it's, it just makes it like, it, like you can just see it on Instagram if you want. It's, there's no doubt. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, nothing against Instagram. I think it's all. It doesn't sound good, but I, <laughs> I know what you mean though. It's, yeah, it's, it becomes ubiquitous and it doesn't really have the, the legitimacy. Exactly. That it, I was yeah. thinking about, you were asking me about, you were saying a lot of times in personal training, it's about be powerful, push, push, push. Yeah. And I'm talking about, let's slow this down. And what I wanted to add to that is that actually in finding the ease in your body, you find that you're actually much more powerful. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. This is the way the skeleton wants to move. And we try to kind of push against that and make wow. things harder. Because we humans are all about struggle. I, I've always been. That's yeah. been one of my right. life paths, uh, lessons. Well, that, yeah. So. Yeah, it's synonymous with being strong, right? And, and as you say that, I think of people who are aggressive and they think that that's so uh, out of the physical and more into the, the personality. People who come at you with aggression and they think that that's strong, whereas... In reality, my experience is the person who is calm and kind <laughs> and compassionate takes a great deal more strength. Absolutely. The, and coming from yeah. that observer perspective and yes. then knowing when to speak. Um, it's interesting because I've worked with men. I've worked with a lot of men. And, and I'm, so I'm teaching them strength training. I always make them bring their weights down. And they don't like that. because. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, because a lot of times what they're doing, let's say they're doing a chest press, they're like pushing it up there. They're not even fully in their chest muscles. They're using a lot of shoulder, a lot of arm. And so I slow them down, I lighten the weight and I say, I want you to be so in this muscle and I want you to push from that muscle and I want you to resist back on the way back from that muscle. I get them into the primary, it's called the primary mover. And do you know that they actually get stronger? Because wow. now they're in the muscle that's meant to be worked. Fascinating. Are you in Massachusetts? I'm in Maine. I, I live in right near Portland. You know, I'm coming up to Maine for a shoot weekend. Oh, are you? When are you? I know. I, I would love to meet you if that works for you, but no pressure. What shoot? What? Let me photograph you. That's what I do. I'm really good at it. <laughs> I know. I actually have thought about that because I would like a nice, like a more professional picture of me. I have a shoot. Bitterford Pool in Portland is where I have right now. Nice. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. So with everything that I've told you, one thing that I want to share with you, because you're so good at this, is that I have a challenge telling people what I do. Does that sound strange to you? What do you mean you have a challenge? Like if people tell me, well, what do you do, Deb? A lot of times I'll just say, well, I'm a personal trainer. I'm very much about body awareness and I help. Ah, interesting. Tell me why. Why, why do you resist it? Uh, and maybe this is my cop-out answer, but I think because it's not like, it's, it's, not a, uh, it's not an already created role. So that's why I started calling myself a mindful mobility coach. It's actually somebody down in Florida thought that would be a good name for me. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's the best name for me. So one thing I've been really working on during this pandemic is how do I speak? That's why when I saw what you said, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is perfect. How do I want to be seen? Um, yeah, because I, I see myself as a teacher and a healer, but I believe everything comes from that everything we are lives in the body. All that we are, our spirit, our mind, our emotions, everything is in this body while we're on this planet. Yes, you are a full being wellness coach. You're not just a wellness coach and you're not just holistic, like holistic, like we were saying, it feels like 
is legitimate. Absolutely. But it, it has a question. From the, the view of other people, it may be, again, ubiquitous, you know? Yes, it, exactly. So many of them. But when I listen to you, you're dealing with the full being, the, the fullness. That's, but that's just me. That's, no, that's no, 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 no. I just wrote that down. That's beautiful. It's like, it's because for me, everything, when we're talking about our muscles and how we move and we're talking about our emotions, to me, they all end up being integrated and be the same. They're the same thing in some ways. Do you know I mean, they, they have their own form, but they all come together in the body. Yes. I saw, yes. I saw this. Um, I go on Facebook sometimes. I try not to go too much because it's a mess. No judgment. No judgment. judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody posted a photo, a a drawing of a brain with a spinal column. It was kind of a gross picture. Um, And it said, this is all, basically all that we are on this planet. We're just this brain with a spinal column. And it was somebody who considers herself spiritual that posted it. And when I see stuff like that, it's like this concept of the body is not important. It's like, what's really important is our soul. What's hmm. really important is our spiritual quest. I mean, that's what you see in the healing. I see what you're saying. If right. You see that in the healing world. I always say to people, well, why are we here in body then? Are we here in body just so we can try to ignore it and say, you're not important. What's really important is right. the soul. And, and my answer is we're here in body because we're here to experience and, you know, from my, as I'm a Bible reader, I'm a Bible student and people, that's where that usually comes from, right? The whole, like the soul is this separate thing. But if you look at the, and I won't go on a no, lot please do. about it. That's okay. When, when you look at the original translation of those words, it is not a separation. Oh, awesome. That gets me I mean, chills. you look at the first time it's mentioned, it's in Genesis when it says that God created Adam and it said that he came to be a living soul. It didn't say anything about him like having a soul or being given a soul, he came to be a living soul. When you say that you have a challenge describing what you do, I understand it as a portrait photographer. It it took me years, years to say I'm a photographer. I was getting paid shooting weddings and I would not say I was a photographer. I would, whatever else I'd say anything else. Um, Especially when I got really good at the style that where I am now, it was this weird dichotomy. It was very different than what I thought people expected from a portrait photographer. And then I just decided to just kind of embrace and celebrate the difference. Now I feel like if somebody wants a traditional photographer, they should have a traditional photographer. Absolutely. And if they want someone to show them how beautiful they are, they've got me. You just gave me chills. That is gorgeous. And, and you know what? I agree with you in what I do because yes. I have people coming to me and telling me they've always been clumsy. They're broken. And they almost don't hear that they're saying it. I, I hear that and I go, you're not broken at all. I, I, had a, I was talking to a friend who like, had been a client and she said to me, you used to always tell me how wise I was, Deb. You used to always tell me how artistic I was. You used to tell me all these things about me, and I didn't see it, and now I do. Isn't it cool when, I mean, I didn't, I, I mirrored it for her, but she had to find it. Yeah, that's a gift. And she found it. So it's like, I, you, you find the beauty in people, and I feel like, yeah, that's, 
you know, I, for me, it's like, I, I want to be able to find their heart again. Yes. I so agree. In fact, that whole, that whole question that comes up every week in this podcast, how do you want to be seen? It started because I didn't just want to take pretty pictures. We walk around with cameras all the time and for nothing, you can download a filter that makes you look 20 pounds <laughs> Lighter and 20 years younger. You don't even need to go to a trainer. <laughs> Sorry. Right? But nobody will look at that picture and feel good about themselves. Right. My belief is that's why they put it on social media over and over and over again, because they need the other people to say how beautiful they right. are. Right. They need the validation. This is the experience I have. They come to me. They've paid for the shoot. They know what they're there for. It's not like they've been tricked to come to my studio. Everything's fine. And then I will lift the camera and they become seriously terrified Interesting. at being seen. And that's how that question came up. I want people to realize that, yes, I have my style. When I'm doing my own artistic thing, I, there are certain indulgences I love to work with, but that is at best secondary. My motivation is to find out how you want to be seen. What is it about you that you want people to know? And maybe surprisingly, maybe not, a lot of times people don't know that answer. We don't live in a society, though it may be selfish, it isn't introspective. And so that question, sometimes people are just, their response is, well, I don't know. And I think really, you don't know how you want people to know you? And then I say, how would those who love you most describe you? Because that is how you're seen. Sure. So now I can show you. Now I can show you, you. That is, that is so beautiful. It so, never gets old. So, uh, you know, I was just saying this to my sister. One thing that... Um, I really want, and that I agree with what you're saying, is that I want people to understand their own truth. So you're saying you want, how do you want to be seen? You want people to see the truth of who they are. Yeah. And that they can determine what that truth is. Absolutely. Well, it's their that truth. That it isn't what's, what the standardized version of beauty, or even the opposite. There are some people, especially coming back to New England, there are people who feel like beauty is superfluous. And I don't think that's true either. I don't think it's everything, but it's not nothing. And it's okay to feel physically beautiful. It's okay to decide that that's not important to you. But just tell me and I'll show you. That is so beautiful, Lisa. It's really interesting too, because you get people to that place where they feel their beauty, where they feel their wholeness. And mm. then they step out into the world and their self-judgment pops up again. So I'm not saying, I think what we do is important, but it's almost like it has to keep happening. It's like, yes. you, you have to keep coming back to the photo that Lisa took. You have to keep coming back to that sensation you had when you were doing the session yes. with Deb. Maybe you have this experience as well, where if somebody is telling you something and you're hearing their words and you're feeling something coming from them that's different, it's almost uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. You mean within themselves, it's not authentic? Is that what you mean? Yes. 
And unfortunately, sometimes those are people that you don't want to be around <laughs> because yeah. it's like, you're saying these nice words, but I can feel, I can feel something that doesn't feel right. But I don't know. I have a feeling you always are who you are. And, and you know what the, I always say to people in this space with me, you are safe and there are no mm -hmm. judgments. Right. Of course, with having your boundaries, you have to keep yourself safe. And I just want to thank you for revealing yourself because oh, that was beautiful. I prefer when I hear somebody and I sense somebody that they match. And when mm. I hear you and I sense you, they match. So oh. <laughs> that's not, thank that you. doesn't always happen. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I feel like I am surrounded. I am surrounded by genuinely good, good people. So that question, the importance of that question, how do you want to be seen? Um, I think I understand how you want your clients to feel, but what about you? How do you want to be seen? I want to be seen as somebody that people can come to so they can feel better in body and self. So they can learn to trust body and self. Like I want to be seen as that teacher. There's part of me that is afraid. I see what happens with teachers sometimes. They become people's gurus. I don't want to be anybody's guru. I want to be a facilitator. I want to hold space. I want them to find their own center. So I want to be the teacher that helps people find their own truth, their own power. And isn't that the best kind of teacher? Absolutely. The one who teaches us how to learn, not just to follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't hesitate, though, to stand with confidence in the fact that if they're coming to you, they, they're not yet ready to be their own. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I say be proud. I don't mean to be arrogant, certainly not arrogant, but to feel confident that what you're giving them, they don't, they don't know that they have yet. Right. So you can show them. And the more you can do that without apologizing, without feeling like you have to explain yourself, the safer they're going to feel. Really Does that, do you know what I mean? I absolutely know. With me as a photographer, if I, if I say, you know, I'm really not that great at it, but I'll do my best. Or, you know, if I try to downplay what I do, it's going to make people feel like, well, why am, why am I here? <laughs> and I will say that over the past couple of years where I have finally just said, I love what I do. Oh, yeah. And I can see in my clients that they love what I do. Absolutely. I'm sure. And I'm not bragging i'm not no <laughs> just the, what it is it's just what it is this was so nice it's so good to meet i you. don't know if i explained that well but i tried it's all good <laughs> it is it's all good it's I, all good we're just hanging out <laughs> you're amazing right? i'm i really am so happy that i met you and uh you too and thank you for you doing this me. i really appreciate thank it thank you for reaching out and be safe okay yes you too So does that make more sense? You've listened to her. Do you understand what I was trying to say? I hope so, because I know I, I can't do it justice on my own. Of course, the mind and body are connected. Interestingly, though, after our recording of this session, I had the opportunity to sit in on one of her sessions, and I was really surprised. The simplest thing, like, how do you feel in your body? And the other participants were really aware of themselves. And I kept thinking, I have no idea what they're talking about. Because for me, 
I realized I am very much a doer. My mind is always racing and it's as though my body is just trying to keep up with everything that has to be done. And after experiencing that, it just gave me a different perspective. Deb is the last of five coaches that I have had on this podcast. Actually, I've had the opportunity to have a number of coaches, but these five in particular, Jeannie, uh, Jeannie Demers, Liz Sumner, Judy Fine and Judy Blake, and now Deb Arthur. They're a collaboration of women who are motivated and committed to helping other people. I'm going to make sure to link all of the conversations with these women so that you can listen to them, especially because coming up in January, I have the opportunity to be part of a multi-day retreat. They're going to present what they do individually, but in a way that the attendees can benefit collectively. So there'll be more information about that. I think it's going to be a really powerful experience. Like so many of you, I am very deliberate about the news, not necessarily just what I watch, but how much I watch, because I want to remain calm and safe and kind, and those are always priorities. I'm going to ask you to please continue to be safe. COVID is bumping up. Please be kind. And always, always thank you for listening.